0: Hey y'all, this is Be Wendy Bob, your lovely host with Empower to Empower You podcast. Listen, before you listen to the show, I wanted to quickly check in with you. Have you purchased the books, Empowerment for You, Encouragement for Your Emotional and Spiritual Wellness, and the Empowered to Empower You workbook? If you have not, please visit BeWendy.com and get your resources today. You can also find those on Amazon. You could just search my name, Be Wendy Bob, and they will come up. If you have received and if you have purchased those resources, those amazing resources for you, would you do me a favor? Would you write a review on Amazon and share how these books have been a blessing to you, how they've added value to your lives? I really want to hear from you. How are the books helping you? What are you learning from the books? Share your takeaways with me. Share it it on the review. Listen, I would love for you to do that for me. And also don't forget to rate and review the podcast. All right, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered to Empower You podcast. This is your lovely host, Missy Wendy Bob. I'm so glad So thankful that you decided to tap into another episode. Listen, if this is your first time, I want to welcome you. I want to remind you that Empower to Empower You podcast is about all things Jesus Christ. Mental health and anything to help you become the best version of yourself. Listen, I am so excited to be at the microphone. I really love to connect with y'all. Y'all may, some of you may have never met me, but listen, I I, I take this very seriously. I, I feel like I get to have coffee time with my people all around the world. So I hope you feel the love wherever you're listening from. The previously recorded episode was episode number 106 with Brittany Johnson. she taught, We talked about get out of your own way, how to stop self-sabotage. Listen, I, I, really, I really hope that you got a chance to listen to the episode. If you didn't, feel free to go back, listen to that one, and come back to this one. Just a quick disclaimer, these episodes are never to replace or substitute therapy. If you need therapy, take the courage, reach out, seek professional help. And if you need my assistance with that, I'm going to tell you how you can connect with me, or it will be in the show notes. I want to welcome you to episode number 107, Overcoming Postpartum Depression with Lauren Hudson. I'm so excited that you get to hear Lauren today, Um, people. She is a licensed clinical social worker, and the co-founder of Anchored in Healing, Counseling, and Coaching. Through private practice, Lauren strives for people to have a deeper relationship with God and heal from past negative experiences. Her experience includes working with adults, children, and families. After, after overcoming postpartum depression herself, she has dedicated her focus to bringing more awareness and education to mothers and their families. Lauren understands how motherhood can trigger anxiety, depression, and lack of self-confidence. She's working towards becoming certified in perinatal mental health. By By the time this episode comes out, she may already be certified. She values her relationship with God and the power of healing through therapy. She was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and now lives in Olive Branch, Mississippi with her husband and two children. Lauren is all about naps, honey coffee and she spends her time looking up seafood recipes to try she is let me just add this she is such a genuine loving person I just connected with Lauren this year or late last year and I we have not even met face to face we had a phone call and I fell in love with her and I cannot wait to just continue the connection so Lauren welcome to the empower to empower you podcast hello thank you thank you <laughs> super excited yes 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 it's good to have you here so let's jump in tell us why tell us about more about you I know I read your bio but why are you so passionate about um, uh, this topic such a relevant topic um, overcoming postpartum depression
1: absolutely um, so I am a mother of two and my children are six years apart And whenever I say that to people, they're like, oh, wow, you waited. And I was like, God's plan is bigger than our own plan. So it was not my plan for them to be six years apart, it was God's plan. And so I've had to embrace that. (laughs) Um, And so the motherhood journey, this second time around, humbled me. And the aspects of even if you're a first time mom, you don't know what to expect. And so I think the second time around, I got cocky. I was like, oh, I've done this before granted I was in my 20s and now I'm in early 30s but I was like you know once you ride a bike you know how to ride a bike it's just a matter of getting back on um yeah. and then it did not happen that way <laughs> <laughs> so I was like wow okay yeah. so it took me by storm um my first child we were not in a pandemic and I did not understand to the magnitude of how that would affect me. And when I was early pregnant, I was like, oh, this is going to be fine. By the time I have him in 2021, pandemic will be over. All of these unrealistic expectations. (laughs) So let me just say that is what just kind of had me thinking like, oh, wow. Um, So my son will be one this month, actually on the 25th. and um brilliant amazing little boy I also did not know outside of autonomy how different little girls and little boys are just in the baby stage Mm -hmm. and my son was like my eye open to like okay wow so this is what it means to be a boy mom because everyone that I knew had girls And so I was kind of like the first of my friends that had a boy outside of one other friend. And so I was like, surely it can't be too bad. Um, And so I developed postpartum depression, which I have been very open about, um, which is scary in itself as Mm -hmm. a mom when you're saying, well, I have postpartum depression, but from a clinician aspect, right? We always try to talk to our clients about the stigma, um, freeing yourself of that stigma. But I felt like I couldn't. Um, because I was like, you know, my patients aren't going to trust me. My clients aren't going to trust me um, because I have a diagnosis, you know, quote unquote. And so it, it left me with a lot of fear of, you know, Memphis is very small. Yeah. So seeking help um, and feeling like, hey, I may have to connect with this person at a later date yeah. outside of, you know, for business purposes. And, you know, you HIPAA, every therapist swears by it. Um, but just still feeling that pressure of like, okay, who can I talk to?
0: Yeah.
1: So um, I noticed I had postpartum depression when I was no longer just enjoying those mommy moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on autopilot, and I talk about the autopilot a lot because I think when you're a mom, you go into survival mode. A new yeah. mom, yeah. Um, when you bring that baby home, it's like, okay, what do I need to do? And you know, you just get into autopilot. And I knew the depression was getting bad when I was like, I just don't want to get out the bed. Mm-hmm. I had everything in the room with me, him, diapers, wipes, bottles. I was breastfeeding. Like I did not want to get out the bed mm-hmm. at all. Um, I just was losing sight of like the the mommy experience of really just embracing the joy of having this baby boy. Because me and my husband, we were wanting to have a child prior to that, but God's plan is bigger. And so it took us a while, right? And so we have this baby, we're excited. And I'm like, I'm gonna do all these amazing things. And then the overwhelming anxiety of, I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I breastfed my son up Mm -hmm. until last month. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, that was intense because he wanted to nurse all the time. Versus my daughter, who would get on get off chilling but my son wanted to be on me all the time and so I was getting overstimulated and that caused me to have a lot of depression because I felt like I didn't have control of my body anymore after I just gave you (laughs) this body for nine months we had to share yeah and I felt a lot of just anxiety with that um being a stay-at-home mom my child started first grade trying to cook trying to clean um and my husband amazing he was like you don't have to do all of that but I felt like I did I felt like oh no this is what I see on tv and I I think social media and this marketing of like the commercials you see on tv with target and bye bye baby how the mom is just doing everything with the full face of makeup on mind you um (laughs) Right. right and you get stuck in thinking that that's how it is supposed to be. I'm a mom, I'm at home, I'm with the kids, I'm supposed to do everything. And so the anxiety of that just became extremely overwhelming, which trickled me into the depression and I felt stuck. Mm. And being a woman of color and looking for resources and people that look like me, identify with my cultural background, Um, knowing that, you know, as black people, we have grandmama helping us, daddy helping us, you know, understanding my family dynamic, it was extremely difficult. And so I said, okay, God, I know I'm not going through this for just namesake and I developed, okay. I need to know how i after i get through this experience can help other moms um have them understand the expectations that we place on ourselves a lot of times it's just self-inflicted it's been media pushed um because back in the day how i remember it my mom had help. you know even just generations like people come over and help you with the kids you know you didn't have to do everything by yourself and i think this um culture we're in now is like independent, do everything by yourself and it's affecting people's mental health. So once I decided I'm gonna heal from this, I saw treatment. Um relied heavily on my support system, um, my mom, my husband, and just was able to really get down to the core issue. It was a lot of just self-inflicted. I was having these unrealistic expectations. I didn't have clear boundaries with my children, even the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a lot of what I teach moms. like, you can have boundaries with your baby. And that decreased a lot of that over uh, stimulization I was having from nursing him all the time. Mm-hmm. So going through that experience allowed me to see, one, there's not a lot of resources for moms. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of resources for women of color. The representation is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And just having awareness and knowledge that postpartum depression and anxiety is not a death sentence, is not, um, you know, that it has to be something that's held over your head, um, mom, shaming yourself, feeling guilty, um, and so once I was able to really, really dissect all of those thoughts and feelings, I put together a plant, I was like, hey, I'm gonna save the world if I have to, um, But just the, the motherhood experience, it's beautiful, it is nothing I would trade for the world, but it, it is exhausting, it is tiresome, it is overwhelming, like, anything in life, but there's so much joy that comes out of it if you allow yourself to experience that joy.
0: I'm just going to take a pause right there. <laughs> just, to, like, just to honor your story. Just to honor Thank your story. You. Yeah. There's so many people who, there's so many women who experience this, but don't, mm-hmm. but don't have community, don't know that you're somebody else. And so I, I wanted to go back. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for
1: Absolutely. sharing. Absolutely.
0: I want to go back on a a couple of things that you said
1: Mm -hmm.
0: when you were experiencing like how did you know that this was did you even hear of that
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So you knew so how did you so you knew to recognize it as postpartum depression and there's also postpartum anxiety too but you recognize it while you were going through it.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's probably like the hindsight of being a clinician. I've worked with moms before, so Mm -hmm. I wasn't completely blind to it, um, but I knew I fell off. And I think as moms, as women, we have to pay attention to our body. We have to pay attention to our mind. Don't just brush it off as, well, I'm sleep deprived because I've just brought this baby home. You, You have to be in tune with yourself to know you. And when I was able to, you know, have my alone time, I knew that there was something there that was not previously there in my previous pregnancy or before I had my son. Um, and I, and I just was able to listen to my body and know that these were not normal thoughts that I would have had. So I would say one of the first things is listen to yourself, know your body, know your mind, verbalize that to your partner. Um, My husband was super supportive and asked me every day, you know, how are you feeling, Um, you know, outside of just, you know, the normal pains, I was like, my mind hurts, (laughs) you know, I am psychologically drained. It goes far beyond just a physical thing when you have a baby, that's to be expected, I believe. Mm -hmm. But when you are just physically out of pocket, you you know as women we'll go to the doctor in a minute if something's going on Mm -hmm. but being able to understand like when your mind is like okay this is not normal for me so that was one of the first ways I was able to know even outside of being a clinician I was like this isn't no this isn't normal for me Mm
0: -hmm. and being honest enough to admit it I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. we we feel it, but we're not honest enough because there's so many messaging around Mm -hmm. strong woman. You got to, you got to muster it up. You got to do this. Mm -hmm. You got to keep going, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All the things things that make up a recipe for mental, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you know to communicate that? I mean, here you are, you're feeling off, you're experiencing not the lack of joy, um, -hmm. Enjoying being a mom, the lack of joy of those mommy moments, not wanting to hold your son, probably mm-hmm. being irritated about having yes. to nurse him again, all the things. Mm-hmm. And your your people are seeing you, your husband mm-hmm. is seeing this, your mom is seeing this, the people around. How did you? How were you able to even have the strength and the language? Well, you had language, but how are you able to explain that to them in a way that they would understand or gain empathy with mm-hmm. what you?
1: So with my husband, we had a lot of late nights, (laughs) to say the least. And I just kept telling him, I said, I don't feel the same way when I had our daughter. Mm -hmm. I said, something is not clicking. And I was so irritable a lot of times, like he just brought off the irritability. He was able to recognize that. Um, And he was just like, you know, very more... I would say cautious and just attentive to like my visual cues because you know our son would start crying and I would just I would have to walk out of the room I was like I can't um I use the word overstimulated 17 times a day mm-hmm. um so I just using that verbiage and I would call my mom and I would you know sometimes I would just be crying and I was just like I can't do it today I I, I, would, I, I would say as much as I could like I can't do it today. And the God is so good. My mom lives 10 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. And so she would come or I would bring the baby to her. And I was just like, mama, I need you. I like, that's all I can say. And I would talk to God and I was like, God, this is one of the toughest things I have ever experienced mm-hmm. because he was a very cry, clingy, Nothing would soothe him. He would not even take a bottle from me. He would only want a nurse from me. He would take a bottle from my support system. But if I did not want to breastfeed him, it was just extremely auditorily just overwhelming for me um and so I just I just had to just tell my husband and my mom and my my best friends I was like this is not the same pregnancy this is not the same child I am not the same mother and I just would text them and just say Mm -hmm. today is a bad day for me Mm -hmm. Um, and and my support system would just check in a lot with me Um, that constant communication um they never would let me tell them that I'm okay and I wasn't okay
0: Wow, I am so thankful for your support system to get you through that. Yes,
1: a wow. thousand percent.
0: <laughs> so since then, on the other side, you know, you're thriving, your kids mm-hmm. are thriving, you're you enjoying motherhood. <laughs>
1: yes, I'll tell you, it, may, it Uh, the months will make a difference. It's yeah. just like it clicked. And I think, you know, having therapy, understanding the perspective of why I was struggling was a lot of, the expectations I had on myself, Mm. not having clear boundaries with my baby. Um, But the one thing that therapy taught me, which I tell all of my moms now, which was the biggest eye opener for me was just because it's not being done my way doesn't mean it's not being done right. Mm. And that decreased my anxiety so much because when my husband would have our son even though I was probably a hot mess, I would be like, "Well, you can make his bottle this way, or hold him this way, or put the blanket on him this way." And so, a lot of that stirred my anxiety because I'm trying to be in control when my support system is trying to take it off of me.
0: While um, you're
1: drowning, while I'm drowning,
0: right?
1: While I'm drowning,
0: while you're drowning.
1: And so, with my mom, and you know, she's raised three kids, you know, so she's a veteran mom. And I'm like, yeah, mom, hold him like this or don't lay him. So, that fueled a lot of my anxiety because I felt if I don't have my hand at it in some way, it's not being done right. Mm-hmm. Once I was able to understand that perspective and free myself that there is literally more than one way to skin a cat, how old saying it goes, and you can be effective in other ways that it's just being done mommy's way the anxiety just went away. Wow. Like, stepping back allowed me to free myself of feeling like I needed to be in control, even when I was tired of being in control.
0: (laughs) Talk about the offloading, like, the the, Mm -hmm. the relief from that pressure. Yes. So, I was going to what got you through that difficult time and Mm -hmm. how long how long I guess those are two questions but how long did that period of that postpartum depression last
1: for me it was about three to four months okay um I was kind of able to see the end of the tunnel at the five-month period and one of the things that I definitely want to share in being informative of postpartum depression it does not always happen as soon as after you have your baby. I've
0: heard, And that. a lot of
1: people don't understand um, there is a time period of up to 18 months when your child is 18 months after delivery that you can have postpartum. Because my postpartum was not as soon as I brought my baby home. It was delayed postpartum. It was when he started teething and his sleep regressed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of moms think, okay, well, I've had my baby home now for six or seven months. Something else must be going on. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you actually can have it months after you have had your baby. It doesn't have to be that immediate when you bring the baby home. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really start experiencing it until my son was about four to five months. Mm -hmm. And so that was extremely difficult because I was like, oh, well, we were found the first, you know, three or four months. Um, But it was delayed due to his sleep regression because he was teething and it just took me for a whirlwind. So I would say that period was around three to four months. I was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel around four months, Um, been managing extremely well. Of course, there are days when I'm like, okay, this reminds me of some of my triggers. What do I need to do to stay in my healthy place? Um, Everything I feel like is about maintenance, especially when you have children, career, family um and so just being able to maintain being clear in how i'm identifying what's going on is this work stress but i'm projecting it onto my children so being able to really just stay in the maintenance and that's with therapy
0: absolutely absolutely so i was going to ask you what got you through so other than therapy your support system was there anything else that got you through that difficult time
1: Yes, God with the capital G.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And how like how? Like how, you know, were there particular sermons that you locked into scriptures or like
1: um so I developed and I'm a big journal journaler, and I tell my clients all the time, like I'm 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 an advocate for journaling. And so I started writing in a journal to God. Mm. and I and I will there were several entries where I told God I was mad at him that I was going through this and I'm like I mean yeah he knows obviously he knows the child that he created and I'm like yeah God I'm mad and I would just journal and I would talk to him and just pray like God I need to get through this how can I get through this um so definitely prayer Mm. therapy Um, I try to stay off of the internet as much as possible and I say that because the internet will have you diagnosed with 12 things if you search for it long enough (laughs) um yes um mommy support groups on Facebook postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety like other things that moms were struggling with I needed to know I wasn't alone Mm -hmm. I needed to know that there were other women that um were experiencing their child just wanting to be on the breast pretty much like 14 hours of the day and that it wasn't just me that it wasn't something I was doing wrong that it wasn't something wrong with my baby um so I would definitely say support groups with other moms therapy God my amazing support system without them I don't even know what that would have looked like Mm -hmm. um I'm glad that they not only listened to me but they heard me even when I was giving nonverbal information to them If I had been in the bed for two days, my best friend lives in the neighborhood. (laughs) She would come and knock on the door. You know, she has our garage code. She would come and she would, you know, make sure I was okay. If there was anything that I needed, uh, my mom would cook. My husband would like have the door closed and allow me to like sleep. So an amazing support system.
0: I am so thankful. I just Mm -hmm. want to be a moment and thank the Lord Jesus for that. Amen. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. So back then, I mean, I'm saying back then, like this was years ago, but this was just 2020, 2021, right? Mm-hmm. 2021. So back- mm-hmm. 2021. So last year. Mm-hmm. So last year. Wow. So did you find support groups then?
1: I did, but the virtual, of course, I know we're in a pandemic yeah. right. um, and having right. the in-person, I think is more impactful. I didn't have any luck with in-person. Everything was virtual. Um, And so the resources I feel like are scarce. Now, Postpartum Support International does an amazing job with resources, giving you information. That's actually who I'm going with uh, to do my certification. So they have lots of information, but I wanted to have something that was personal to me as a black mom, as a black woman, that I can identify um, and have someone that looks like me. And so I didn't find a lot of that. And so I was like, I'm gonna be the answer to that for other moms
0: and we'll talk about that for sure for sure so let's jump in let's dive in a little bit in terms of what would you say are the three to five things that women need to know about postpartum depression
1: Absolutely. Um, so number one, and this was big for me, um, just because you have postpartum depression or anxiety is not a reflection of the emotions you have for your baby. It doesn't mean that you don't love your baby and it doesn't mean that you're not connecting or bonding with your baby and that you're not a good mom. I think a lot of my thoughts became Intense for me because I was thinking I'm not a good mom because I don't want to be around my baby right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just the headspace that you're in. Mm -hmm. And it's just the overwhelming thoughts and feelings that sometimes you allow to control you. But it doesn't mean that you're not a good mother. And it doesn't mean that you don't love your baby. And it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. A lot of times I feel like I was doing something wrong, Mm -hmm. but it's not. You're not. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's Mm -hmm. simply just. You're going through something. Mm -hmm. Um, And number two, I kind of touched on a little earlier. It doesn't have to happen right after you have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be delayed. So let's say you've been doing fine for seven or eight months. And there's something that triggers that. That means you probably have some postpartum depression because it can be up to 18 months after you have um, delivery. Um, The next one was like, I mean, I did some research on this extensively and I know it's underreported which goes into that point. Um, But 15 to 20% of women experience postpartum depression after they have a baby. But every source identifies it's underreported because moms are scared to go to their six weeks appointment and say, I'm having these thoughts because they're thinking the doctor's gonna take their baby away, they're gonna get committed. Um, So it's underreported information. So I think a lot of the research is very um, outdated. I think there's no way, especially with this pandemic, where that number can be as accurate as we need it to be reflected, especially for women of color um, in the communities of where being able to really get that self-reporting done versus I'm just not going to say anything.
0: And Can we just park here for a second? Okay. That makes me so sad because- The, the, the idea of a, of a mom, you know, just because a mom identifies depression, some people are mm-hmm. so reactive and quick to say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: let me call the police or let me call the crisis or let me call let me call Lakeside. Mm-hmm. You need to be hospitalized. I mean, I've had, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm mean i sure you've had this happen. I've had people tell me, I just mm-hmm. said I, wasn't, I was depressed. I wasn't suicidal. Next thing I know, I'm at Lakeside. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I did not, I didn't, I came for help. I didn't mm-hmm. come to be hospitalized. And that is mm-hmm. just so... That's the stigmatizing thing. This, this is mm-hmm. oh, what we're trying to do is mitigate, you know, or, or decrease the stigma, and that is exactly reinforcing that narrative. That Absolutely, you can't, oh, that's, that and it
1: traumatizes sad. the mother. It traumatizes <laughs> the mother to never ask for help again because now you've gone in for your six weeks appointment and you identify that you have depression. The doctor sends you away. You're away from your baby. Mm. And I think of a nursing mother. Mm. Every mom doesn't breast, I mean, every mom doesn't bottle feed. So if you're exclusively breastfeeding and you're taken away from your baby and you don't have that option, extremely, extremely traumatizing.
0: Mm. Okay, continue. <laughs> um,
1: And the next is being able to tell the difference between baby blues, which happens after you have a baby due to the hormonal changes. So your hormones drastically change like, as you push the baby out, your levels of everything just changes. So that does send your body into having baby blues, uh, which is just like sadness, overwhelming emotion. But that goes away by itself within a few days up to a week. Okay. Postpartum depression is the symptoms continue to be severe and they're much longer. You know, they go on for weeks and weeks and weeks or sometimes months. So being able to know the difference between baby blues, your hormones adjusting to giving birth versus the postpartum depression, where those symptoms are severe and they last longer.
0: Mm, so those
1: you. are four good points.
0: Yeah, no, this is good. And as you're talking and sharing your story, I know that there are specific risk factors probably for 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 this for this part, mm-hmm. the experience being worse, mm-hmm. right? If a person has the lack of a support system, the mm-hmm. lack of resources, the lack of community, I, mean, I cannot imagine what that would be mm-hmm. like, with my mom. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 also on the flip side, those are those factors became protective factors that can help mm-hmm. you to overcome. But what are other struggles that women? We we, we mentioned several, so not being seen or understood. Um, or supported even by the medical professionals. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any other struggles that women, moms, even in your experience working with them, may face with this?
1: uh absolutely it it takes a hit on your self-confidence right so here I was thinking oh I have my second kid I know how this goes I'm feeling like I got it and so when I brought him home and I was like okay and now what do I do with like it takes a hit to your self-confidence you're not as confident as a woman I know for me my self-esteem was like to the ground I was like oh my god after the second kid gravity must pull on you extra hard <laughs> because I was like I was just over criticizing of my body um, and a lot of self-comparison. I think sometimes social media um, can be your biggest downfall at times if you're not careful with it. So imagine being depressed and you're not in a good space and then you get on social media and you see this mom that appears to be
0: appears mm-hmm.
1: enjoying her new life with her baby. Um, and so just the self-image comparing your motherhood um to other people's moms and how their experience appears to be on social media that was extremely impactful Mm -hmm. um and of course I'm always gonna say mom shamers be wary of them I don't understand how people shame moms moms shaming other moms um Mm -hmm. and just being aware of you as a person and where you are in your motherhood um the confidence that you find But when you don't have that, that's significant as well. And so I'm always going to say therapy, therapy, therapy. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Lauren, wow. Tell us more about how you serve women today. You have shifted your passion. Now, it sounds like you're, you're... your passion became more clarified after your mm-hmm. experience isn't that it isn't it interesting I know. How beautiful <laughs> things are birthed out of painful experiences right? I know like,
1: absolutely yeah. um so I serve moms now um by being a force of just advocacy for your voice um when you go back to your six weeks appointment Using the correct verbiage, I educate my clients on the verbiage to use because I don't want them having that traumatizing experience Um, and where the doctor is like, okay, we may, you know, their first thing is they want to go to a hospital or inpatient. Like there are less intensive things prior to inpatient, Um, but giving them the verbiage to be able to communicate their needs and wants. Um with husbands, with the family. So when I do my couple sessions when they're expecting, for them to be aware and knowledgeable of the signs, um checking in emotionally how the wife or how mom is doing so that they're aware and knowing your significant other, right? My husband wouldn't let me tell him I'm fine as I'm bawling. You know, he knows that well that doesn't make sense. Um, And doing therapy, education, awareness. I'm doing a lot of partnerships in the communities um, with doulas in the area, with their moms who are taking a more holistic approach to motherhood um, and parenting to give them information um, on these are the signs, these are the symptoms, and getting sometimes ahead of that before it even happens. Um, I do mommy zoom calls once a month where I connect with other moms in the community where we just talk about motherhood. I think community is extremely important and the motherhood community, you know, sometimes you can't just go meet up. You're not, we're in a pandemic at this time, so you can't just go meet up, but talking to moms and just being able to connect and say, "Oh, you going through that too? Okay. You know, and just having that breath of fresh air, um, I'm actually going to start doing some type of mommy coaching for first time mommies. Um, It's going to be called I'm having a baby now what? Because literally, like, no, now what do I do? (laughs) Um, (laughs) My best friend is having her first child and we're the same age. And so having a baby when you're 30 is different than when you have a baby in your 20s when you have a baby in your forties. Um, so I'm going to start um, coaching workshops to be able to just talk about, okay, I'm having a baby. Now, Now, what do I do? All the things I have even learned in having my second child that I didn't know when having my first child because they weren't relevant at that time. Wow. So that's how I'm doing that now.
0: I love it. Well, I salute the work that you're doing for sure. Thank and you. Yes. So the mommy Zoom calls, how do people, how are you advertising that?
1: I advertise it on my social media. Um, I'll send out just information, and they would just send me their email, and I send them the link for the Zoom call. I do it on Sun, uh, seven o'clock, most Wednesday it's like at the end of the month so I'll probably have it at the end of this month at seven and then I'll of course advertise and just let on Facebook on Instagram not that great with TikTok I'm working on it
0: <laughs> I just got on there I don't know what I'm doing I just post me, random you,
1: videos. yeah me either
0: <laughs> yeah okay so <clears throat> excuse me this is so good I'm, I'm losing my voice again I know so, um, mommy so you serve mom and, and talk about your practice is your practice going to be geared towards that or is it a different niche
1: so that is my niche of like my baby I love that yeah. um but I also see a wide array of women for depression anxiety um I have men that I'm seeing that have had trauma um uh, work stress um couples I have a partner and he's a black male I think it's a marriage made in heaven for the group practice that we're starting where he is the co-parenting dad aspect of it. So when we have couples that come in, if dad needs individual therapy outside of the mom aspect, there's Jamil, who's like an amazing therapist, amazing therapist um, to allow men to have that vulnerable space to be able to say, hey, I don't know what's going on my wife. We just had a baby. But I, I want to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, on the co-parenting aspects, sometimes you're not always with the significant other that you've had your baby with. But there needs to be positive, healthy communication. And he is an extreme expert in that. Um, so I like to say that our practice is like an all-inclusive island <laughs> where yeah. we are just tackling families, individual children, Mm -hmm. to be able to really rewrite the narrative of therapy for just the entire everything but specifically like when you start with the family and you get individuals where you have mom and dad you get to the children being able to see that trajectory of change is impactful
0: it is impactful so you see children as well yes right well I will continue to send people your way
1: (laughs) awesome
0: awesome so how can people connect with you tell us your website your handles
1: uh, so the website is anchored and I do coffee talks with Lauren you know I love my coffee since I've had my son I have coffee every single day and so I started doing these videos where I just do therapeutic snippets uh so that's on Facebook with coffee talks with Lauren and then we have a Instagram that's anchored and the letter n healing cc
0: and as an as a no
1: yes the letter n mm-hmm. healing cc
0: you see okay all right and yes so that is how we could be seen i love it so anchored in healing.org coffee with talks mm-hmm. with Lauren. facebook mm-hmm. uh, anchored and i'll put that off i'll put it on in the in, in the show notes and healing cc okay Awesome. Yes. A little ways that people can connect, connect with you. Well, if, let me just ask you two final questions before we wrap okay. up. Okay. Number one, what is your, if you were to, in 60 minutes or less, think about your call to action. Who are the people that you really want to hear this and say, how can I, what can I do to help serve Laura and reach more moms across the state of Tennessee or across the United States? Or because you're coaching, you're coaching and your mommy calls have don't have anything to do with a license so you can serve somebody who's doing mm-hmm. the same thing in Saint Lucia where i'm from or, or, oh or,
1: yes
0: or, or anywhere else so what's your call to action for people who are listening
1: uh call to action would be look at the women around you and the mothers around you that appear to be strong ask them what do they need ask them how they are genuinely feeling and pay attention to verbal And physical cues, if you're having to be in their presence, um, every mom is going to say that they're fine because it's difficult for us sometimes to accept help. I learned that um, in just my anxiety. Go underneath the I'm fine, the I'm okay, the I got it. If you're close to that mom, if you have been with that mom through this journey of motherhood and you have learned them to be able to see, okay, you're not okay, having them feel vulnerable enough to say they're not okay, but dig deeper than the I'm okay. Every mom is going to say they're okay, 99.9%, because we want to feel like we're okay, right? I don't want to say I'm not. I want to feel that. Um, but deep down inside, there's a mom that is is sad, is depressed, is anxious, is suffering. So I would definitely say just be in tune with the moms that appear strong to appear that have it all. I don't care if she has one child or five children. Like being able to know that I'm fine is, is a defense mechanism. It, it doesn't always say the full story. Um, and don't let them tell you they're fine. My husband was like, don't say you're okay. And I stopped saying I was okay. I was like, even if I didn't have the words, I'm like, thumbs down I I, maybe I didn't have I would just say it's it's a thumbs down day and I was I, I no longer said I'm okay and so having moms get to that place where they feel safe and vulnerable with their support system to say I'm not okay and listening to them absolutely what do they need how can you help maybe you can't babysit but maybe you can uber eat food over there so she doesn't have to cook you know just different things and just you know understand what your mom may need
0: that's good that's good thank you so much and the final question somebody's listening to you and a mom she is having a baby or she Mm -hmm. just had a baby and she is experiencing some of the things that you talked about the irritability um, mm-hmm. she felt she's felt for a long time that maybe something is wrong with her that maybe she doesn't love her baby maybe she's not a good mom maybe she um maybe they exchanged the baby that she got the wrong baby from the hospital like all the things that are coming through her mm-hmm. mind and she's listening to you right now what if you were under 60 seconds what would you say to this mom Oh, uh, mom if you're listening
1: look <gasps> It's okay. It's okay. And it kind of, you know, gets me emotional because I was like, that was me. I was like, yeah. what, what, what is going on? But it's okay. It's not you. Mm-hmm. You are amazing. Listen to your voice mm-hmm. and get the help that you need.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. So, I had chills myself, as I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow well lauren i thank you so much for sharing your story with us i do not yes i'm so thankful for your testimony of how you've overcome through this i'm so thankful for your genuineness and your call to service and really taking the story taking the things that you've been through and positioning yourself to 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 help somebody else to help the moms across Across the nation, if I could say it like that. Thank
1: right. you, speaking into existence. <laughs> Across,
0: the Across the nation, I, I, am excited to see you thrive. I'm looking forward to hearing these coaching calls, these coach, these mommy conferences. I'm just seeing. Thank I, I, you. I, just, I look forward to seeing you. And I'm the, so the, excited. I <laughs> am well. Thank you so much, y'all. I, if you are listening and you're not a mom but you know a mom. So I want you Mm -hmm. to share this episode with another mom that you know. Um, Connect with Lauren. I'm going to put her information uh, on in the show notes. Please connect with her and I'll be back next time with an amazing episode. Thank you again, Lauren.
1: Thank you so much. It was so amazing. Thank you.
0: My pleasure.